Hello and welcome to Movies and Shit. Uh, Max, this is the final, thank- thankfully, the mercy kill that I was fucking hoping for. The final oh, episode no. of Game of Thrones, man. How will we go on? What <laughs> What am I going to read think pieces about now? That was your Gene Wilder. Like, no, don't do that. No, <laughs> don't. Stop. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, so we, we are here. And it was interesting. We were talking about whether we needed to a lot a lot of time for this conversation <laughs> like would there be a lot of meat to to to, to chew on here you know what I, I mean? mean we'll find out uh, no we found this out gonna, we'll find out <laughs> we'll see you know maybe we'll surprise ourselves like i think yeah. this is going to be a 35 minute conversation this could be three hours who knows it, it could be I, I mean like that's just the thing is like i'm you know i'm a cautious guy Right. And I know that we've gone into these Game of Thrones recaps before where we're like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll do an entire season in an hour. And then it ends up taking three hours of my life and we do half a season. So, you know, just want to say whatever happens, happens. But uh, I think that's the probably other be a very short thing. conversation. The other egregious thing is that we literally, it's not that, that we spent the 70 uh, some odd hours of watching the show. I've then spent like another, like, you know what I'm saying? Like 30, mm-hmm. 40 hours of my life reviewing this fucking show. And I'm just like, God damn it, man. Do you, do you regret reviewing those early seasons? No, because those early seasons are fire, man. And we'll get into all of that, I guess, yeah. you know, like uh, in terms of like what the show is, what it was, um, what the legacy of the show will be, because that, that's what I'm more interested in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, um, and, and that is for the people who are just tuning in now or not familiar or whatever. We did do reviews of the first three seasons, like deep dives, which we eventually will get back to, but I think we're going to take a good long break or maybe never come back to it. I don't no, know. I think I would, I'd be very curious to revisit this as a, of a whole show in like a year. I really would yeah. just to see how I feel about it. Cause you know, again, like I have this big, you know, I have this saying and you hear me say it all the time, but when the pain is drying, right? Like I like to put mm-hmm. everything within the, the cultural context of what's going on and i think there is a large part of this like i think that there are some percentage of haters who are hating to hate absolutely they Mm -hmm. know that's the trendy thing to do so they're jumping on that bandwagon um i also think like you know you and i consider ourselves slightly savvy when it comes to storytelling so i I, you know our criticisms are pretty legit um but i'm just curious to see how this plays again when people walked out of the phantom menace max there's video (laughs) of them being like this is the greatest star wars film ever I don't have faith in the better than empire. Yeah. Um, But no, I I haven't really seen any positive reactions to this episode so far. Maybe I'm living in a negative reaction bubble right now. Yeah. I've seen a lot of, I haven't seen critical love, but I've seen a lot of fan love. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like at least just on, on Reddit, like all the top posts and all the uh, game of Thrones and television subreddits have all been like why this show failed us, why the writing sucks and just doing a deep dive into every level, every plot hole, every, whatever and some of it's very band there's a lot some of it's very bandwagony like you said and i really do want to avoid that i want to like because there are things about this episode and this season that were done well and it's almost all exclusively technical like i think that the the main and only problem here really is the writing Mm -hmm. um and we'll get into that piece by piece and why that was happening i guess um but i just want to ask you one question before we really kick it off like you said earlier on in this season, I want to say that like you've never been one to say that a show, um, you know, like the final episodes of a show or final piece of uh, a narrative could ruin the things that came before it. Um, but that this was starting to feel like an exception to you. Do you feel like this has sullied the entire run of the show on some level? It's 
it's certainly again i and i hate to, to keep using the comparisons but you go to sopranos you go to loss they have controversial endings right those mm-hmm. controversial endings never made me feel like i don't want to go through the journey again right. um a part of me never wants to go through the journey again just because i i feel like say what you want about the loss or the sopranos ending. maybe they didn't give you what they wanted but they certainly were true to the emotional cores of those characters mm-hmm. uh so you can watch it and be like well that's not the ending i would have loved but it was an ending that i can uh, you get behind right and neither show is too preoccupied with giving you a neat or pat ending to every single thread right. which this felt like that's what it was doing it felt like checking off empty boxes on a spreadsheet as right. opposed to like a satisfying narrative well, and, and so to answer your question in full, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to, I've never, you know me, dude, I've never been that guy ever. Yeah. I think that you should never judge, like, you know, depending on how you feel about something ending is not, should not take away how you felt when you were watching something, but something was so mythology driven, right? Like mm-hmm. this was such a big mythology driven show that the fact that they kind of biffed it on those big, important mythological they biffed you know, it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love that word. No, but like that that's that's where my the the the, the lion's share of my criticism is coming from. So it's like, do I think it's completely ruined? No. I know that if I can actually sit down and rewatch seasons one through four, I'm gonna be like, oh my god, because we just did it where I forgot yeah. how good those fucking seasons are, man. Yeah, just like storylines in isolation that were so much better than the whole of these past two seasons. Like just the Jamie and Brienne arc of them just wandering down the King's Road and you know, trying to evade capture and getting to respect each other and bickering and fighting on the bridge and just shit like that, that like we never took the time with in this season. Like that's not ruined for me. Right. Um, looking back, I think I could still enjoy that even now. Yeah. I mean, again, but it's just like, uh, how would you have felt much better had they given Jamie an actual fucking ending that like was, was oh, beautiful yeah. and redemptive. <laughs> yeah. I would have felt better if we had, you know, in some way uh, explored the fucking white walkers or explored um, what religion, like what role religion played into this at all. Like there was no answer there whatsoever. Um, no satisfying conclusion to like Bran is like a whole mess of, I don't even know. Like, cause he was, his arc didn't, didn't track for me like at all. Like they built him up as this, you know, keeper of the world's secrets and memory and everything. And he's well, to be fair, they did that in episode two. It was the first mention of him really being like that integral and important. Yeah. Um, or Arya with the faceless men being a fucking shapeshifter, basically, and she never once uses any of those skills in this. Um, now she's fucking sailing the world. We're, we're going to get more sequential with this in a second, but there are like so many things um, that were just sort of dropped. The children of the forest, like just the mysticism in general, like they brought magic slowly back into this world only to rip it away again. Which would be fine within within the tradition of these type of films, and and I've been saying or or types of stories. I've been saying it for weeks, but like you know, Martin obviously loves Tolkien. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tolkien did the same thing. You know, it was the reemergence of magic, but by the end, Frodo goes west. Magic is gone. The age of magic is gone. That's fine. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, as long as you give it some exposition to actually make that make sense, which isn't really what happened here. So with that, let's let's go sequentially now because I think that we should. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be completely honest. I actually really dug the first 20 minutes of this. I thought yeah. the filmmaking was on point. I thought Dinklage was doing a lot with a little. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just like, I, I, I look at shit. If, if there's an MVP of this episode, it would be Dinklage. Um, I feel like this is the first time I've actually liked him. And, and it's, not that his, it's not that his performances have been bad. He's had nothing to work with. But at least, like, 
on some level they were they allowed him to be competent again mm-hmm. or to be righteous again to be on the right side of something again which was really nice to see i don't know yeah no he stole he stole the beginning of this honestly everything he did up until the 3 weeks later like that fucking mm-hmm. spongebob transition that we got which was adorable uh he he was he was honestly great and it made me remember why we love Tyrion because yeah he should be able to convince anyone of anything. That's like who he was. That was his character trait, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, it starts off and he's surveying the damage that Danny has done, which again right. is just like, fuck me, children. Like people yeah. burn and PTSD and shit. We, we get this like kind of apocalyptic Pompeii and 9-11 imagery of like, you know, that guy wandering the streets with no skin or whatever. And just right. the burned charred bodies and ashes raining down and mixing with snow from the sky. And, him uncovering the bricks over his brother and sister's face and weeping. That was all great and mostly wordless. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really well done. Well directed. Um, then we move pretty much from there to, uh, to what it's John going up the steps to meet Daenerys. Right. Right. Which again, at this point, I'm still kind of into it. Like there's nothing wrong with this yeah. yet. <laughs> Do you know mm-hmm. the minute it becomes like something wrong happens, <laughs> at least to me I, while watching this? I could I could only guess. Um, so like I I guess we should mention like yeah, there is a scene where like Grey Worm is executing Lannister soldiers who are their prisoners. John's like, don't do that, and Grey Worm's like, do you want to die too? And he's like, eh, whatever, and then lets him die. Okay, um, quickly, no, let's let's take a detour there. Grey Worm is a character bothers the mm-hmm. shit out of me. Uh, yeah. And it's not his fault. Richie Raleigh, he's doing the best he can fucking do. All right? He is like, frowning as hard as he possibly can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, think, you think it's easy to frown like that? It takes <laughs> twice as many muscles. Okay, Max? <laughs> no, uh, but I, I was sitting there just being like, he's, he's doing the best he can. He's given nothing to work with. They've never flushed him out as a character beyond having something to do with Danny or Masande. So it's like, it's not whatever. remotely the actor's fault. Yeah, but right. that's sort of where we're at with it. But even so, two weeks ago, Max, he was just like, you know, like we can get the fuck out of here. All right. Mm-hmm. Like I'll get her her little crown. That's fine. But we're leaving right afterwards. Yeah. So, and you know, it's like he went from just being like a, like a dude who was like, all right, I got two weeks until my retirement kicks in to like mm-hmm. literally vigilante justice. He was just like, I'm going to yeah. kill everybody. Can, can I make like a quick book detour um, side note about the island of, or Isle of Noth, by the way. Um, so it is home to a species of butterfly that carry a flesh eating virus. Love it. That um, Nothy, you know, natives are completely immune to. But anybody else who steps foot on that island, their skin literally starts sloughing off. So Grey Worm taking all of the Unsullied to Noth is kind of hilarious. To me. It is super um, hilarious. But it also raises larger questions later. I gotta we'll get back to the yeah, Grey Worm. Yeah, yeah, we we will get to that. I just wanted to bring it up. Right. Um he's he's going to his horrible, horrible death. Um, but, yeah. but, but again, my point is just like, that doesn't track with me. Like we know who yeah. Grey Worm is. And even if he is super loyal to Danny, and I believe he is, obviously, I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. the proof is in the pudding, but still it's like, none of that really works for me because he is someone who has seen the injustice of the world. And, and remember again, we, we choose to follow Danny, not because she has the claim, but because we, we believe in her. That's what like Ferris and everyone right. was She's saying. She's the breaker of chains. That's yeah. when she won over the hearts of the Unsullied and the people that follow her, right? It's right. because she, she's the person that freed them and freed other slaves. 
It just seems to me like Grey Worm has a very unique perspective on being able to call Danny out on her shit. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And you would hope he would, but I mean, again, like I guess there, and this is another situation, like one of a hundred in this season where it's like, if they'd given us some time to flesh out where Grey Worm is at and like how much Masande might've meant to him and how that might've broken him as a man or as a person, then maybe we could attract with this. But the problem is we never really did. It went from him seeing her get beheaded, he frowned. Next episode, he is happily killing people who laid down their swords. Well, he's not happily. He's frowning while he Well, does he's, it, but... he's frowning, but he's doing it with gusto. You know? Well, and this is what it's I was saying. Look, I made this point last week, but, and, and this is not saying anything that no one hasn't said already. But like, listen, mm-hmm. season five had problems. Season mm-hmm. six had some problems. I like six much more than five. But my point sure. is this. The 10 episodes allows that story to breathe and to develop mm-hmm. naturally, to give you one character moment here and there that'll make you get to that logical point right yeah and it's just like we spent like what two we spent like what two episodes like before john even woke up in season six like before he came back to life was it like two or three the very you know like whereas in in this current iteration of the show that would have happened in like two scenes 15 minutes yeah yeah so like yeah that's kind of where we're at timeline well it just it just goes like again the show needs the time to breathe like the minute that we should have known immediately like it uh, also by the way it makes you realize that like season seven that extra episode actually helped it seem a little bit more competent because Mm -hmm. like fuck they just needed some time and again i feel i feel like they could have done this if both season seven and season eight like i'm not saying it would ever approach season four but we could have got season six greatness out of both of these storylines it's just we didn't have the time to actually get there which disappoints me but um all right let's move on so yeah at this point john furious from seeing the fucking damage of 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 everything and also lannister men being killed i guess he's gonna go confront danny but he doesn't actually get around to confronting her because homie comes out dressed like fucking senator palpatine (laughs) like like that was my issue is just like listen i mean like you know i love the western i wrote one uh once Mm. upon a time the west one of my favorites i love the entire moral complexities of the universe being reduced to black hat white hat doesn't work with me on a show that is so specifically talking about the moral grays and the ambiguity in between so for her to just come out like and i made this joke yesterday but it's like yo did this woman you know she had that was her conquering dress she had that picked out before she ever left essos well, she, she's not the only one who's been uh like the only female character who they've done that with though like they've kept the men relatively in the same costuming since the beginning like john snow's right. been wearing a fucking heavy winter coat this entire show no matter where he is um <laughs> But fucking take your coat off john <laughs> heat stroke john <laughs> what if that's how he died a second time like he comes back to life goes down south immediately dies a heat stroke um but no um, better than the ending we got but yeah keep going. <laughs> just about anything would be better but no like they did the same thing with sansa where she's dressed in like these crazy shoulder pads and looks very like kind of almost menacing and like, well the re- i'll, I'll like forgive that in as much that lady lady catlin was dressed like that like like they, yes. they she's now the lady of winterfell um uh but also who else um fucking cersei like went like and she's like dressed like fucking maleficent or something um <laughs> <laughs> but it's almost like the same costuming choice for three female characters which was weird but either way whatever that's fine. Daenerys is evil now, I guess, is what the show is trying to tell us. She's kind of doing a Hitler at the rally thing. Right. Um, like that whole uh, First Order uh, Nazi speech she's giving 
Um, well, to be fair, for half a second, I was like, oh, all right. Like, this is what this is how they convince people. Like, they really get you to believe that they're somehow on the right side of history, right? Right. Like, and, and I guess I think, and I think Tyrion does a wonderful job later on when he's talking to John, where he gets like, we just kept applauding her every time she was brutal or, or fucked up. And we said, well, at least that evil man's dead. And she thought she was on the right side of shit. Like, mm-hmm. which is a really, I don't know. I, I don't want to give it a bunch of credit, but I actually was like, I sort of get this cult of personality shit. Like uh, not to follow, but like from a sociological standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. And I understand like the idea of, you know, she's there to break the old systems, I guess, but it wasn't ever set up enough. Like she's right. talking about breaking the wheel and in order to do that, in order to, you know, throw out a feudal society, you need to have a fucking cataclysmic event or two. Right. Um, but it's never been clear that that's ever been her goal. And right. now her goal is suddenly to take over the entire world. world like we're, we're, we're going to take over Essos and we're going to, sail east and west and wherever like i don't know um but yeah i I get you like uh, up to a point they they tried to do some backtracking to at least explain why she did what she did in the previous episode um her excuse was that cersei was using um the people's innocence against her and she wasn't gonna let that happen well what bothers me about that is just like john fact check this bitch politifact westeros like Like, and um, he doesn't she she responds with that and he goes antirian and it's like, no, go back to the yeah. first thing where she <laughs> genocided Tyrion like a million actually fucking legitimately people. did betray his queen, for yeah. better or for worse. <laughs> but the child killing with fire, like that's yeah. the problem here. I just wish they would let John be like a little bit smarter. Just <laughs> once. <laughs> Say something that makes sense. Dude, he's one of those people. He's just so fucking brave and a good old boy that he has <laughs> failed upwards. <laughs> but he's not a smart man. He's clearly on the spectrum. He's being taken advantage <laughs> he's of. on the spectrum. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like, but before we get to that scene, before we get to the conference, yeah, 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 now, yeah. now we're finally at the top of the stairs. She's giving her rah rah speech, and I'm just like, oh shit. But, and you know what? Um, uh, to Amelia Clark's credit, like, and this is something that I've never really thought about. She's like speaking in in fake made up languages and doing a great job at it this entire it. show. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, very convincing. Never once am I thinking, oh, this is a person, or this isn't a real language. This is some made up gobbledygook. Like, totally. she's selling it. Um. But it yeah, was a better acting well. job than last week for sure. Like, and that, that's the point. I think she's always been good at delivering the thing, but the whole mm. like silent for like, again, not to like suck Dinklage's little dick too much, but like, listen, that guy didn't not have that to say Dinklage dick. <laughs> that's, I wish we named these episodes now because that little Dinklage <laughs> dick would totally be the episode title. No, but like he didn't, like there were so many times where he didn't have to say a word and he just like, holy shit, you felt that. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of those actors, are like, and I'm not, like Cersei's another one. She doesn't have to say a word to get you to be like, oh my God. She pretty like, much said all of 10 lines this entire season. Right. And, uh, and still, still might be the best actress of the whole <laughs> fucking thing. Like Somehow. This is like when Alan Arkin won for Little Miss Sunshine. He's in the movie Nine Minutes. You're like, what? Fuck a lot of women, Dwayne. <laughs> But if Cersei had said that, it would have been confusing, but kind of great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have pumped it up like a whole letter grade for me. Oh, Christ. Um, so what was I saying here? I'm sorry. I oh, yeah. So, so we get to the top of the stairs, and John like, is walking through the crowd, and it's kind of like some great over-the-shoulder stuff. Um, and he gets up to the, these fucking, this tremendous set of stairs. Drogon is there, and Daenerys, and we get that very on-the-nose shot of the dragon wings behind Daenerys, which they knew people were going to screen cap and go, yeah, but this shot, though, um, <laughs> which people fucking have. Uh, <laughs> she's making her little rah-rah speech, and then Tyrion comes in at right. the end, 
and can I just talk shit about I I want to before we get to Tyrion because this is like where I've like I'm still in love with this episode so far is Mm -hmm. Tyrion right here but that shot with the dragon pisses me off because people are screenshotting and being like yo the fucked up thing is this season has given us literally two fucking phenomenal dragon shots if not if not more by the way I mean the battle of Winterfell dragon was pretty talking about the emerging from the shadows when he kills Varys fucking loved that uh and then snow yes dude the snow one fucking got me dude mm-hmm. i was like holy shit there's a sense of wonder in this show that i haven't felt in a very long time <laughs> yeah, because for no, some reason i didn't know it wasn't that i was like holy shit white walkers are back <laughs> like abominable <Right>. snowman <laughs> dumb shit but uh, i just thought it was such a wonderful shot and again it's a cgi creation so the fact that you can see the texture of the powder dissipating while it hits the ground is like wow yeah. man like really is, really wonderful i'm not an effects guy but i know that that's very difficult to do absolutely yeah um but yeah so now the Tyrion thing the Tyrion thing again i still in love with this episode at this point you know mm-hmm. like i because i told you it's like look i think i think like look they fucked up how we got here but this is like when they when you when you burn your food but you got to mm-hmm. make that shit look nice so you like garnish it with a bunch of stuff like yeah. they kind of garnish the fuck out of this episode the first 20 25 minutes Tyrion, i'm sitting there like literally holding my chair being like don't don't do it, man. Because I thought he was going to do something stupid. I thought he was going to, like, try to push like, her down the stairs her. or Because anything. it does show that shot of her, like, behind, and he's, like, walking up cautiously. And I'm like, what are you doing, little guy? Don't right, do, Don't dude. do it. I was like, dink. don't fucking do it. Don't go out like this, dink. <laughs> but even so, it's like, again, he did do something traitorous. Like, by the loosest definition of traitorous, by the way. But I'm, yeah. I'm just curious, timeline-wise, when, did, when and how did she find out about that? Right. When she was riding like who, the dragon. Someone yeah, like, like hey. priority-wise, like those specific Unsullied came running to find her after she right. genocides an entire city. By the way, Tyrion walked into camp and said it was cool because he had authority. Right. He did something to free his brother. Well, I mean, the, well, this brings me to the to like probably my favorite scene of this fucking thing. One of at least the top two favorite scenes. It's yeah. just like, bro, him taking that fucking pin off. Like just that whole exchange. Oh yeah, no, it was wonderful where she's like, you you that's treason you freed your brother and he's like and you massacred a city or whatever he says dude yeah and it was wonderful like just so look he gives her never stops making eye contact throws the pin away which again i I, hold on because i think the last great Tyrion moment that we've ever had in the series might have been when he became hand of the king (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think that was the last like redemptive not redemptive but like emotionally impactful moment for him where she made him hand of the king or queen yeah holy shit like that's beautiful and like mm. the idea that that's all he's wanted his whole life to be taken as seriously or at least as equals as the great rulers and great thinkers of westeros he doesn't fucking flinch he doesn't he doesn't hesitate dude is like right. i don't want to be fucking handed this is the price right loved it. and for a second you're like oh that's Tyrion. i forgot what he was like because he hasn't mm-hmm. been here in two years <laughs> like yeah if there's one like really positive warm fuzzy feeling i got from this episode it's that like oh like there's a character i recognize again because right. he's been gone for so long yeah and, he, and even in that moment i'm like i love you and look you walked this earth as like the fact that you as a as a lannister and as a dwarf lannister who's been shit on <laughs> his entire life has made it this far that's an yeah. achievement guy like vaya con dios like go with god and i hope you're well uh and I, I was like so sure she was just gonna kill that motherfucker right there it was actually a little bit of restraint and i think like they did that as a way to retroactively be like see danny's still sort of in control of her emotions right like right doesn't burn him immediately she holds him prisoner but still dude uh, you want to talk about just wonderful filmmaking from minute one to minute 26 like because that's when he gets taken away 
I'm mm-hmm. fully on board with this, knowing it's not the story that I want anymore, but like I am 100% yeah. engaged. And I believe it was actually Benioff who directed this. I could be wrong. It was they both them. did. Well, they get built they both I don't know if it's like a Matt Stone, Trey Parker thing where Trey is clearly the talent, but you know, <laughs> this guy. So. Right. So yeah, to their credit, they, they did direct the hell out of at least the first part um, of this episode. And I did notice that like the fade to black and three weeks later thing like happens right when a normal episode would end. Right. It's like they just shoved two episodes together or something runtime wise, which was weird. But whatever. Um, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, so, anyways, Tyrion throws a pin. She's like, "Take him away." And then we get to uh, what? John uh, talking to Tyrion in his little cell, right? Yeah, and this is the last moment where I'm still fully on board on the show. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, because uh, at this point, I'm like, "Look, like, it seems like they're sticking at least the episodic landing." You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, yeah. it's fucked up. I think this is probably the best episode of the final season. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what's fucked up about it. Problems and all, it's still I think the best uh, the best episode they've done. Yeah. But the but the scene's really great, man. Uh, for one, Dinklage is vintage Dinklage again. Like you understand that Tyrion again. You understand right. that guy's ability to not necessarily convince you in the moment, but to put that 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 worm inside your ear. You know what I mean? Right. Because the previous episode, think about what that did for so many characters. Like you look at what Jorah's arc meant. Like his entire story is a tra- tragedy now because. Nurse ended up being like not the savior of Westeros, but the fucking like possible demise of Westeros. Right. All logic and order on the continent. He devoted and sacrificed his life for her. Same with Barristan Selmy. Um, and now Tyrion, it's like he's s- spending the past two, three seasons following her and trying to support her and then fucking up along the way and making every worst decision he could make. So it's really great to see that at least in this last episode, he's able to like come around on the right side of things. I was worried they were going to do some sort of weird tragic thing with him where he died or I don't know, just to be shocking. But yeah. I mean, yeah, what you, what you said is great, which is retroactively Jorah's entire arc doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Not only did you get friend zone for the last five years of your life, but like, yeah, like you're, you, you ultimately it was all in vain. It also makes me feel even worse for Varys. Although Varys went out on his feet, you know what I mean? Like he did Mm -hmm. always doing what he thought was right for the, for the realm. And, and I think truly, like, you know, when he said that line a couple episodes back, we're like, I do hope I'm wrong. I believe him. <laughs> like, I do mm-hmm. think he thinks that he wants to be wrong. But Varys has seen enough of this. He's served enough kings. He's been around to know the evil that men do. And I'm talking about the, the, the royal men, all right, like all of us. Uh, and, I, and so, yeah, I, th- I think that it was a really fucking wonderful kind of thing there. It just it makes the other things tragic. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, by the way. I don't mm-hmm. want to say, I don't want to be like, oh, they, because they, this show legitimately did fuck up years and years and years of character arcs. But there is also something melancholically beautiful about like character arcs thinking they had meaning only to be revealed that they didn't. That's also sure, okay. because that's, that's true to real life. And again, like so much of this is okay if you put enough time into it. But right. it's like that turn, if they don't earn it, it just feels like, oh, they were just following someone who ended up going insane for no reason. Of course. You know, so like if we'd had time to set it up, it would have been even more, uh, you know, kind of melancholic and sort of tragic and beautiful and everything. Instead, it just feels hollow. Well, I mean, I also want to give some credit to let's because we should do victory laps now. Uh, Mm. Kit Harrington, this show turned you from just a like just a really bad actor. Like, how did you get cast in this actor to (laughs) like kind of serviceable? I mean, he's dumb, but he is a good actor. (laughs) Like, he really sold the moments he needed to sell. That indecision, and so like Corey yesterday on on my double toaster review 
he was saying that like he didn't buy this scene at all like why would would Tyrion have to like John you saw the bodies why would you still have any trepidation and I'm like dude for better or for worse this story has always been haunted by Ned Stark's ghost and yes John is a Targaryen but more than that and I think you agree with this he's a fucking Stark dude he's mm -hmm. Ned Stark's kid and yeah. even if Ned Stark wasn't the most honorable person in the world as we found out through flashbacks and shit Tower of Joy he still raises kids to have that fucking honor because I think that was his great tragedy was that he couldn't right. always be honorable well that, so that I, was a strange thing and not to cut you off but like the whole Targaryen ancestry of John ends up being a moot point nothing. like at the end of the yeah. day he is fully a Stark in my book like mm -hmm. no, there was no fucking consequence or result from him realizing that he was a Targaryen yeah, why is that it like it was a, a why is the last episode of season seven called the fucking what the lion and the wolf or whatever or no no right uh, or isn't fuck. it the lion and the wolf or no the, 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 the dragon, and the dragon. The, yeah that's what it something was something like that like yeah. why have that why is that revelation such a big deal why does that revelation get retold fucking three times in the first two episodes like right tell me why it matters and that's my we had a flashback we had bran waiting to tell him we had sam that runs to tell him we had him telling her we had uh, him telling Sansa, Sansa telling Tyrion. It was scene after scene. We dedicated so much real estate screen time right. to this before, revelation. So many people are going to be like, it's a MacGuffin. And I'm like, no, that's not the point of a fucking MacGuffin. MacGuffins, like, they yeah. enrich the story. Yeah. They don't distract from the story. <laughs> like, uh, a MacGuffin is like a thing that Tom Cruise has to find in a Mission Impossible movie. That's not right. what this is. <laughs> Which, yo, those movies are fire. They don't have Those movies are coming. lit. Yeah. He's got to find the briefcase before all hell breaks loose. All right. That's not what this is. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. just, ultimately, it doesn't matter. And that's, again, when we're talking about writing, like, holy mm -hmm. shit, it just drops the ball. And it, please, people who are listening to this, because our last episode blew up. And I yeah. just I want to let people know. Like we're fully aware the monumental task that it was to 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 to, to land this fucking plane, okay? I'm yeah, not I'm just trying to explain. I'm not even saying I like, could be better. I'm just saying that I know story, and they they could have done better. Right. I, I do want to get this out of the way right off the bat. If you want to do a little paint is drying kind of thing, yeah, and let's I know do it. we're going out of order, but like I see a lot of chatter on the internet about how David and Dan are are frauds and hacks, and how they're like they deserve fucking the worst of the worst for what they've done to this show. They've ruined the show. They've done all this. It's like the people feel personally attacked by Dave and Dan and like how this season turned out. And up to a point, I get that I've invested a lot of time in the series. You've invested a lot of time in the series, right. but still these are two guys who had a monumental task. They ended up with this season or the past four seasons where they didn't really sign up for this. They were expecting to have source material to run on. And they didn't and they had to work under uh time pressures that i couldn't even begin to imagine wrap up all these disparate story arcs try to find a way to streamline them and then also like try to move this shit along because like these actors and the showrunners probably don't want to be doing this show for 15 years right they want to like move on with their lives move on to other projects so i i hate how this show turned out i don't hate the people that made it i think that it could have been done so much better um I don't know I don't, if that makes sense. Yeah, if I can just offer a little bit of a rebuttal. I certainly don't hate Dave and Dan. Specifically, I really don't hate David Benioff. I love the 25th Hour, that Spike Lee film. Yeah. It was like one of the first post-9-11 films, and it was very he wrote that. That's his. Yeah, it's a wonderful I mean? movie. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Um, and so I don't hate him at all. I, I do want to kind of point out, though, that if you want to have any further evidence of just how fucking wonderful Martin's books are and how mm -hmm. fully realized they are, 
it's like, look, maybe they were frauds the whole time, but you didn't notice because that world that they had built was so fucking great that they yeah. were able to just adapt it straight up for the most part, uh, other than amalgamizing some characters and made it this holy shit, uh, this this hit that transcended fucking like countries and like right. and genre and all that stuff and it's amazing and and they deserve credit because they're the ones who said holy shit we love this we want to get it made okay mm-hmm. they deserve credit i'm just yeah. saying that it is one of those things where like if you want to judge them purely on their ability to tell a story in this realm you can't you know when they ran out of source material and you can see what they contributed themselves and it's a little rough dude oh yeah no it's more than rough like uh... Again, like I have some very strong feelings about the past few seasons, especially this one. Right. Um, so don't get me wrong there, but like in terms of, I don't never deserve gonna... fucking death threats, is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly, <laughs> I'm never going to be one to attack a creator of anything, and I do want to at least acknowledge that they took on a task. Like this was not what they signed up for originally, and what they had to do here was um, more than ever like that I would ever want to take on. Right. Um, <laughs> How do you think it, that conversation, do you think like one of them convinced the other one? And he's just like, listen, dude, by the time we get there, he'll fucking finish it. Don't worry. He's like, I don't, I don't know, man. He's taken a lot of years in between these books and I don't want to start something we can't possibly finish. Trust me. Right. And, like, just went downhill. <laughs> like I just imagine like whoever, whoever convinced who is going to be living that up right. for fucking ever. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, they're moving on to star Wars now and it really shows that they were just trying to get this fucking, wrapped up like they had more episodes they could have done they chose not to do it they want to do other things fine I wanted to get that out of the way before I totally shit on this entire season. Well, because we've reached the the zenith. We've reached the meeting of the goddess in our hero's journey of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which is like, we're going into an unfamiliar world now, okay? Yeah. And like, this is really like the last good thing I'll say about the show is the Tyrion-John conversation, which is like, mm-hmm. I love Tyrion in it. I also really loved Kit Harrington in it. I thought he did a really good job showing that confliction. Because again, as stupid as it sounds, and yes, we yelled at Ned Stark for being honorable in a dishonorable world Back in season one, we still get John. We still understand that bullshit that he's on about like, yeah. and I think they have that line where like, love is the death of duty. That, that mm-hmm. Amon Tyrion said way fucking back. I think season right. one, season two, season two probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was really pretty. And I think that for Tyrion to come back, one, he's like game recognizing game. Did you just make that up? And he's like, nah. Right? Like, he's but like, but nah, he's also I'm too like, dumb, dog. sometimes duty is the death of love, right? And it's yeah. like. I thought that was a really effective scene and it really is kind of like, wow. Just like, yeah, end there, like give me an right. ambiguous ending. Like I'm fine <laughs> with it. Like, does where it we don't know. Where, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, da- Daenerys is still out there somewhere. It yeah. just would, it would have been a little bit, uh, I don't know, because after this moment is really where everything kind of becomes real bad and like kind of hilarious. I mean, we were texting last night <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I don't know if I was supposed to literally laugh out loud. I lolled, bro. <laughs> like like I, there was a scene that happened where they're talking and all and honestly the filmmaking's fine for the most part in this scene too. Um until they actually embrace and that's where I start balking at everything that's happening visually. But just the yeah. idea of her being touching the iron throne like I understand like holy shit. Yeah, there is an energy to it, the kinetic uh, Right, touching and this thing. There's kind of a beautiful little moment where she's talking about when she was a girl and she was imagining a, a thousand swords melted into a, you know, into a chair or whatever, and how big that must be and everything. And John's like, "Oh, you, they're killing people out there." Um, but like for a second, you're like, "Oh wow!" Like this is what that means to her, right? You know, right, and to right. see it now, to see how small it is, but like it still holds that much power for her. 
Um, and then you remember how you got there. I like, ah, damn it. would have killed for her to be like, I couldn't even count to 20. He's like, you killed thousands. He's like, yeah, but I can't count to 20, John. Like, <laughs> I would have loved that. It would have been wonderful. I uh, had no formal education. <laughs> I've been on the fucking lamb. You think we got tutors on the lamb? No. Like, you think my brother was tutoring me that whole that time? That fucker didn't matter. He was selling me off to sex slavery, man. <laughs> like, but, um, but yeah you know like to the, the larger point of it i guess is just that like that is a really pretty moment again about expectation childhood expectation versus right. reality and i think like i've always said this like what's really interesting is that if you want to really think about it it's not just about the iron throne but danny's story is a story of revenge and what is that crux of all revenge stories is that after you've enacted revenge especially if you spent the bulk of your life trying to do so was it worth it? Do you feel right. any different? Once you, it... once you get what you want, like, what's your purpose now? It's right. like the end of Memento when, uh, spoiler alert, he decides, he, he finds his John G right. and he realizes Teddy's not John G, but he's, he fucking knows he's going to forget this anyway. He's like, yeah, maybe Teddy can be my John G. Right. He just keeps going. Daenerys is just John G in the whole world. Okay. <laughs> no one's seeing me, but I love that. <laughs> that made me so happy. Oh shit! It also made me just pine for a time where that fucker was making smaller films. <laughs> like, go back, make a micro budget, Nolan. Right. Uh, but but you know, like the the fucking Danny thing. Like that's uh, honestly that's still okay. John emerging from the darkness of the fucking thing is fine. Mm. And going to Drogon, the snow scene. We've already geeked out about that. I'm fine with all of this so far. Yeah. Um. Todd Vanderwerf, who I can't recommend enough. Like I disagree with some of the things he says, but as a TV critic, he's I think one of like the best voices out there. He writes right. for Vox. He did a um. He does recaps for these episodes, and he was talking about this particular scene and what you're about to talk about, which right. is when. You know, Danny's like, just come with me. We're, we'll break the world together and remake it as our own. And giving him the whole, like, join the evil side. It'll be great speech. And he embraces her and everything. And, like, we're framing it so that we can't see the dagger go in. Right. And Vanderwerf was like, we know where this is going. Why are we getting this shot? Yeah, you never pull in above the a, shoulders, ever. Right. Come he on. was he was talking about the subversion of expectations uh fucking trend going on in this season or the past few seasons in particular and he's right. like this is one that just straight up doesn't work because you know what's going to happen anyways so like yeah. who do they think they're fooling well this brings me to my point which is that yeah. i laughed so hard at this not just this scene but just the whole concept of like because she, because she's like you're my queen now and forever and they kiss and the mm -hmm. fucking music swells as if yeah. like fucking Clark Gable just grabbed Scarlett O'Hara or some shit. Right. Like, and then very quickly you hear the blade sound effect and going. But again, no, no suspense because we are right. trained as audience people. Like even the fucking dumbasses who still love this shit, they are inherently whether they know it or not, they understand visual language. We pull in where we can't see something that doesn't bode well. Like we know where that's yeah. going. Um, and so all of that scene, like. Uh, doesn't work but can i tell you specifically why i really hate it we just spent arguably the entire series eight years i think this is just as much danny's stories as it is john or any of the other fucking people for sure mm -hmm. okay um but we spent all this time dealing with her she ascends she touches the throne once but essentially she's dispatched after two fucking scenes in this whole finale dude right yeah and and it's like we we don't get because again like talk about setup like the the strength that the books have 
And I'm sorry that I'm always this guy on these podcasts. No, you like, need but to the be. books, but the to books. Be. Because I think finally, like, by the way, and not to cut you up, but I want to say this before you go on, which is like, I think we're finally at that point where we can really realize that, yeah, books and TV are two fucking different mediums, dude. Yeah. You can't just adapt shit straight up. There's something that you can do in literature that you can't do with film. Right. Um, and I think we need to finally fucking appreciate how incredible those books are, man. <laughs> like, Yeah, absolutely. And like the device that Martin uses in those books, for those who haven't read it, is we get point of view chapters. And they're, they're kind of written uh, third person or whatever, but you'll get a chapter where you're revealing what Danny is thinking and right. feeling it's while she's person doing omniscient. the things that she, Yeah, third person right. omniscient. While she's doing the things that she's doing. And it's like we get the smallest hint of that in this episode. Like there was no context for what she was doing in the last one, whereas in the books that would have been set up because we would have been on that emotional journey with her. Absolutely. Um, it, we get the smallest hint of that here where she's talking about the chair and her childhood and everything before John interrupts her after two lines and then she's dead. And right. so like everything that she did again in that last episode, it was put into context by Tyrion. Um, it was put into context in one line by her and then she's dead. And it's like the episode forgets that she ever existed after that. Right. I mean, seriously, other than Grey Worm being like, he killed the queen. That's it. Like, you never right. hear her again. And I'm just like, you've been cheated out of a journey. Like, I again, I can buy the Mad Queen. And I'll bet you fucking, you know, dollars to donuts or whatever, right? That, like, that's mm -hmm. exactly what will happen in Martin's story. I'm not debating sure. that. I'm just saying that, like, it will get there. Like I will yeah. understand it and it will yeah. make me feel much better. It'll recontextualize how I feel about the show or maybe it'll embolden me and entrench me in how I feel about the show because it's like, yeah. it, it, that needs to be fucking done. Um, and so, yeah, she's dead. She's dispatched and ultimately like never really heard from again or doesn't really matter. The scene that immediately follows this, by the way, also unintentionally hilarious because it's like, <laughs> I, I just want to, I really want to talk about this. Like think about mm. this for a moment. Drogon, he knows. He's got, like, that weird ESP with Danny, right? Like, mm -hmm. so he fucking knows. He flies up. He's like, yo, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Like, but again, didn't burn him to begin with. Like, by the way, I just wish that they, there was a voiceover for that dragon the entire yeah. season. Like, like, first this John guy wakes me up. I'm having a nice nap in the snow. Now my mom's dead. That fucking chair killed her, so I had to burn the chair. And now I got to fly away and find another place. So, like, my, my whole family's dead. Jesus Christ. Dude, but that's my... Larry. Right, so we get to the point which you said, which is he burns a fucking piece of furniture. He's like, fuck you, dinette set. <laughs> like, I just so when I was first watching this happen, I was like, okay, he's not going to kill John here. They're making it look like he's going to. I thought he was just shooting fire anywhere because he was upset. Well, but initially he is. He's got the worst aim. But... Right, but he's specifically targeting that chair. So it's like somewhere in his dragon brain, and we don't know for sure. Because we don't have a point of view Drogon chapter. Um, he's fucking Martin's melting gonna give us that this fucking chapter, chair. Dude. Yeah, like <laughs> he's melting this chair because, like, you do see him. I rewatched it. You see him look down at Danny and look down at the blade and, like, move her body with his nose and look at the blade again, then look at the chair and then burn the chair. So, does he think because chair sharp, knife in Danny, chair killed Danny? <laughs> Is that what's happening? 
Or that is it more like the, the dragon is so smart that he understands what that chair it represents? It was greed that killed the beauty. <laughs> like, that's right. what it was. <laughs> like, is that what it is? <laughs> or is he just upset and shooting fire not at John? I don't fucking know. Again, like, could have been explained if they had just been consistent with even... Drogon's such a good boy. <laughs> he, he, we need that Drogon <laughs> chapter, bro. I'm telling you, man. I'm just hanging out. I don't even like the North. It's fucking cold. <laughs> like snowing. <laughs> My mom's dead. Fuck. Like, <laughs> doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a scene where again, I laughed so hard, and I don't think right. that they wanted me to laugh. But I'm just like, this motherfucker's going after a fucking love seat, man. Like he's going after that Archie Bunker chair. <laughs> like, like I, I just, I don't know. Again, he's hyper intelligent to the point that he understands like it was greed, you know, like, right. come on, dude. He's it's making just... abstract connections and philosophizing about socio-political implications <laughs> of the chair. Like what? <laughs> Again, and it's like, what? fine, whatever. But then he just picks, picks, picks her up in his claw and just fucking gets out of and there. fucks <laughs> off <laughs> somewhere. It's like, listen, I just want to say something because I, I, this isn't a Western at all. But again, to mention my love of Westerns, there is a theme of the, and we saw Once Upon a Time in the West, you get it. Like you can't, we, we can't die in the old West. Like we'll, we'll head towards the horizon. You'll never see right. us. You know what I mean? Right. I love that. That is a beautiful trope, but it didn't feel right. Like it would have been one thing if she was dying and he took her out, but she was already dead. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like I, that whole scene fucking pisses me off. And then at this point, by the way, cause now we can get to it because this really is like, you know, again, if the, if the Tyrion scene was the crossing of the threshold, we are now at the fucking, uh, like the unfamiliar world. And now we cross over into the allies and enemies stages of Campbell's fucking story. Right. Because mm. we cut to literally a three weeks later. Okay. Yeah. Like, which by the way, when, when he burned everything, you were like, bro, I'm going to help with the evidence. Like, which I laughed <laughs> so hard. I was like, ain't going to be no fingerprints, motherfucker. <laughs> but instead we fade to black we get a fucking, uh, like, we don't get a three weeks later title card. We don't necessarily get it, but we might as well get it. I mean, Tyrion's right. beard is long. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he gets he gets pulled out, and we can, and we find out that there's been a council called. And, and yeah. isn't it literally in the same dragon pits that we had? It's in the seven? dragon pit. I don't know why. Like, just go to a room somewhere, but whatever, fine. Yeah, they're in the dragon pit. Right. It's supposed to be winter, by the way, but. It's good. Yeah, Can I just it's talk about this? Now. Because the winter was never predicated on the White Walkers necessarily. It was just supposed to be a yeah. long winter. And this that's just like, like how this winter. weird planet works, where right. winter will sometimes be like a couple years long. And, right. and now it's like over in two weeks. And they were even saying in the lead up in, in the previous seasons, like, you know, long summer means an even longer winter. It's been a long ass summer. It's lasted for fucking years. You have no well, idea how bad it's gonna be. Fucking snowfalls, and then it's like fucking springtime. It's spring break in King's Landing. Right. <laughs> it, it's definitely not fucking snowing, man. I don't want to get lost in the sauce on that, but that pissed me off in and of itself. But anyway, springtime's here three weeks later. Sure. Uh, yeah, there's not? a council, and I'll tell you this. Like, you know, another thing that kind of pissed me off about the show, and I was trying to explain the difference. We do like finales, and I think you should love finales that are not bow tied up these are people you're watching the lives of people their lives will go on well after the cameras stop and that's why i love the sopranos ending so much because it's just like Mm -hmm. look i don't i mean i know people think he got killed i don't personally believe that i think it's more about his like every day for the rest of his life anyone who walks through a door he's gonna have to look over his shoulder anyone right it's the it's the uncertainty that's the point it's the same with like the Mad Men ending like if you want to talk like we can talk about finales of tv shows um like and we probably should because, like, this is such a big fucking deal, this show. Um, but, like, the end of Mad Men, which ends so wonderfully. Uh, I don't know why I was thinking about it, but, like, it ends so wonderfully with 
Don, like, it's he doesn't end in a place you would expect him to end. You could call it a subversion of expectations, but you fully understand the emotional journey. Yeah. Yeah, you understand the emotional journey that he takes to get there. And because the entire show, Don always took things happening in his personal life and commodified them and found a way to use that to sell things. And like it cheapened his own personal experiences. And then at the end, you think he's achieved some kind of transcendence or absolution, but he's using that transcendence to sell right back into it. Um, And that's just such a perfect kind of tragic, but also happy ending. It's so many things all at once. Right. And it's like, then you look at this show and it's just like the and like the same thing with the Sopranos. Like it's so many things all at once. It's such an open-ended thing that just fully kind of like puts a nice bow on the themes of the show as opposed to the actual like plot of the show. Sure. Right. Um, whereas this, it's, it's almost like, it's almost as final as the six feet under ending where like right. you see every single person get their ending. Right. And it's like, what the fuck? I also compared it to the office ending, um, which I, I said that last night on my review too. No, but you're not yeah. wrong because take the office out. It's cheers. It's 30 yeah. rock. It's any, it's any time where, the last 10 minutes of the show is going to be all the characters we love in a familiar place that we love. And they get to have one more go, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like it just played very formula formulaic in that, in that regard, by the way, just to talk about the Mad Men thing, because not only is it great, like he does achieve some transcendence, but I, I actually took that ending a little bit differently as well, which mm. is like for the first time, his ability to make everything into work actually also leads to some peace for him which i think is the mm. is the subversion of that which it's like finally this isn't at, at, at a cost of your personal life or sanity or mental health you know what i mean like right he's a little bit more free and that's why fucking i'll i hate to be that guy fight me mad men has got to be a top three fucking finale ever <laughs> like it is just yeah. what a no, wonderful it's fucking show. not remotely what i was expecting and i remember right. sitting there not sure if i liked it and the more i thought about it and the more i rewatched it the more right. i was just in love with it um, and yeah, like that, that's just kind of what I was thinking is like, and, and I love that that's the kind of ending where it's like you and I can disagree up to a point on like what that meant, but right. we still arrive at the same emotional place with it. Whereas this, it's like, not that Game of Thrones has ever been a show that, you know, thrives on ambiguity, but like, I just wanted to leave a little bit of mystery in the world, a little bit of suspense, a little bit of something. Right. But instead it's just like, everybody gets this happy ending. And, and even that's weird. So like we have this, the, we have this council meeting, there's been a new yeah. council called and we have Tyrion basically being taken to trial by Grey Worm. And then we see everybody. We have Yara, Yara's back. We got fucking Edmure Tully. He's chilling out. We got fucking Robin of the Vale. You know, we got everyone. The Starks are there. Um, and and it, it's it's just a really fucking weird scene that they, somehow they're in charge of everything and that Grey Worm is even sanctioning this. You know what I mean? Mm. But, they, but the whole point is like, oh, we have to choose a new king. And for a second, you're like, they're talking about democracy. Well, no, they're talking about like oligarchy is really what they're talking about. <laughs> like, like, we'll decide, but we can't let these commoners fucking figure it out. Right. Like, no fucking way. So like that scene, I mean, it, but also it, like you want to talk about sitcom, that sitcom is fuck. That whole mm. Edmure Tully like, I have fought in a lot of wars and I like to think my yeah. experience. I'm not saying I didn't laugh. I'm just yeah. saying that it's, I, I actually did like that. It was like something that they intended to be funny. That was actually funny. I was like, Oh, I'm actually getting the reaction that the writers wanted to get out of me for once in this fucking right. season. That's um, how I feel about Joe like, Biden and uh, Bernie Sanders. I'm like, yeah, down. I like y'all, but sit down. S- all right. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but, but, you know, so even that scene kind of bothers me for a couple of reasons, which is like, listen, the crux of that scene is we have to pick a new king. I've given it a lot of thought. Uh, and he comes to what conclusion? Like, this is what um, fucking bothered me. Again, not only did he just convince Jon Snow to fucking kill Daenerys, like, to be a traitor, okay? But he did it because he's like, you're the one, Jon. Would you have done it? And then in three weeks, he's like, listen, I've had some time to reflect. I prayed. Uh, and, like, right. I'm choosing Bran the Broken for no fucking reason. And also the implications about Bran fucks with me. But I want to hear your initial reactions on this before we deep dive into that. I mean, again, like, okay, so this is something that I texted you and you were like, no, he was there. I was like, where was Gendry? And you were like, he's there. And I rewatched it and I was like, oh, he is there for yeah. one shot. He doesn't even get a close-up. I'm like, this guy, (laughs) yeah, if you want to say, like, who has a great story, like, every single person sitting there has a pretty great story, right? Like, Arya, like, she fucking trained with the faceless men. She's wiped out House Frey single-handedly. She's fucking traveled the entire continent, survived in hiding with uh, Sandor Clegane and everything. Um, What an amazing story. She killed the goddamn Night King. Right. Um, you have fucking uh, Gendry, who grew up as a fucking peasant in Flea Bottom, uh, rose up as an apprentice um, in, you know, making fucking armor and weapons and stuff, uh, fucking traveled the King's Road in the continent, went north of the wall, came back, survived, and is now like the leader of his own house, restore, restored the Baratheon name again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's sitting there and nobody even like thinks about him as an option. I don't know. Right, never comes up because we need the better story. Like, wouldn't wouldn't Bran be like such a great master of whispers? Wouldn't he be the ultimate master of whispers? Right. He can see everything. Why would you want him to see everything? King? He He's can a... see what's going to happen. He's like, listen, it's six years. This guy's gonna like, fucking give you bad advice. Like, you talk about charisma vacuums. That guy is like, I don't know, He's the uh, Mike Pence of Westeros, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> everything in his he's like a black hole of charisma everything in his orbit just gets sucked in and it's just like drains can I tell you, the energy can i, can I really scene. tell you what fucked with me about that scene which is just mm. like he's like bran will you will you take the job why do you think i made the trip um i don't know did you also know that like thousands of people are going to be burned you sick fuck like this he's was done nothing in this entire season did well he, okay the one thing that he did the only one action that he really took was to tell Sam about John so that Sam would tell John that he was a Targaryen to sow discontent in the camp of Daenerys because maybe he knew that Sansa would tell Tyrion and that Tyrion and Varys would turn against her and that would drive her mad enough to kill millions of people, which would lead to her death, which would lead to him becoming king. Is that what we're like, is that where we're going? Yeah. Did no, you know gonna... all this would happen? Right. <laughs> Why do you think I made the trip? And then that fucking thug life meme, like with the digital right. glasses and shit, like <clears throat> it's badass, but it makes no fucking sense. And also you're right. That's not a better story. Also, none of the Southerners know the brand Stark story. Yeah. That's not like, that's a big fucking deal. Like, right. dude, it's a, it was like a severe miscalculation. It's, it's weird yeah. because you're right. They could have picked Gendry. They really could have picked anyone there. And I would have been like, yeah. all right. <laughs> like, and that's isn't fine. it? Isn't it kind of weird that, like, Sansa's like, hey, the North would never bow to anyone again, but, like, he's a goddamn Stark. Right. 
So wouldn't that be the perfect way to unite the seven kingdoms? I, I get where they're going with the North, I guess, kind of. But well, like I, the one thing I'll see, yeah, exactly. Which is like, look, I can track it. It doesn't, it, they didn't earn it, but I can track it certainly. Which, it, and I told you because you, you recommended the wiki of ice and fire, which like, Oh mm. my God, like what yeah. a, every night I go to sleep, I read another story because <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so good. But that's yeah. my point, which is like, dude, I didn't realize that well before the Targaryens came to rain. Like my idea is this story started. The Targaryens were bad right and like robert took them fuckers out that's all i knew about the history of this world and then we kind of find out that like no yeah. thousands of years ago this there was a stark king and like the last time dragons were in fucking westeros like wasn't good for the starks so like right. i i kind of i can track that i'm logically i'm with that also she's been mentioning that for a couple of years now like oh an independent north it, it's amazing that compromise really just solves all problems though like my other issue with that fucking scene which i again just felt like they were setting up another show um yeah i like the i like the idea that not it's not universal i i kind of like the fact that yara is on team danny still like I, I like all of that because it feels real but it also feels like they're setting up a show for another 10 years of new political fucking intrigue and and and, and, and uh, rivalries that we're going to see within the universe yeah i mean i hope not <laughs> no i do too i mean I, yeah. dude, even aria i'm just like listen they could pay her like a hundred million dollars do six seasons of an aria spinoff discovering the new world like because right. that's what it felt like to me like again which what what a weird turn for her character at, at what point has she ever been a fucking master sailor thank you no but i was saying just in general two episodes ago she's like john winterfell we can't leave and now right. she's just leaving don't forget you're home. still a stock yeah it's like you're still a Stark too. Makes no fucking sense. There's been a dude. lot of unrest in this country. Maybe you should fucking like chill for a second. Um, I don't... But whatever. Like it, it's it's a really weird scene because in one scene we decide we let Tyrion, who's being brought forth in shackles, a man that half of the at least half of those people probably don't trust or actively dislike. <laughs> we're letting him choose the king. You're all voting for him. You're picking the kid in the wheelchair who's basically like, what, a fucking like vacuum cleaner at this point. He's also an X-Man, um, basically. Yeah, he's, I mean, like, he's we need Professor to X with none of Patrick Stewart or James McAvoy's charm. Um, <laughs> and, and on top of that, you're allowing Sansa to, with one line, win independence for more than half of the landmass of the continent and not a single person even raises an eyebrow at it. Like there's no there's no moment where anybody's like, well, maybe we should like put a pin well, in that. And well, that's what bothers me too. Because listen, I'm not inherently against that, but then what's to stop anyone from also claiming the independence? Also, you really yeah. want to break the wheel, Danny? As he as Tyrion looks at Ray Worm and says, "That's the wheel she meant to break." Not necessarily. I mean, I think yeah. you want to break the wheel, like free everyone, like let right. people choose to love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Dorne technically hasn't been a part of the Seven Kingdoms, even though they say that it has. Like, Dorne is its own thing, and there's a guy from Dorne there whose name we don't know because we never spend any time on that fucking story. Right. Why wouldn't he want to claim independence? Why wouldn't fucking anybody else want to claim independence? Right. And why isn't Bronn there? Was Bronn there? Well, Bron shows up in the right, but he should be because he's the fucking master of Highgarden now, right? Yeah, like holy High shit, Highgarden, yeah, which second, is one of the kingdoms, yeah, the agricultural fucking center of the entire of Westeros and the second richest kingdom, dude. Like, Actually, the richest now because if you remember, Castle oh Rock right. yeah. is completely out of gold. You're totally yeah. right. 
So yeah, why the fuck wasn't he here? Uh, God damn it, Max. This fucking show, man. Like, I'm so upset yeah. about this. And again, Gendry, like, doesn't even get a single shot. Like, that. I legitimately didn't realize he Bro, was there he until says, I rewatched Oi. it. That's it. Yeah. He just says, I, that's this whole fucking role in it, man. And so again, this is like really, and, and also just like, listen, uh, I'm not saying I'm an amazing writer, but I do follow the rules. No, you know this about yeah. me. I'm a structure guy, which is like, mm-hmm. bro, show don't tell. Like if you, if you have a 15 minute scene where a character, like this is my issue with the lost finale. They have a character named Christian Shepard look down the barrel of the camera and explain to you what happened. And I'm like, well, a little in a way we're but- all lost. <laughs> but my point is like, even with that, people still don't understand that ending. Like it's incredible mm-hmm. to hear how many people still don't understand the lost ending, but it's like 15 minutes of an exposition of Tyrion, who, by the way, not three weeks ago was like, you must kill her and you must rule. And now he's immediately betrayed that to give a 15 minute expositional scene where he's just telling the audience instead of showing the audience like, dude, it really pissed me off because again, like this would not have been a fucking glimmer in the eye of the first four seasons in terms of like, they didn't tell you anything. They fucking showed you every fucking thing, man. But also, like, again, like, you give this shit time to breathe. Like, those conversations about, like, an independent North, that would have taken up episodes worth of time. Like, the conversations about who should be king, that would have at least taken a full episode worth of conversations and infighting and backstabbing and multiple players moving this way and that. And I realize that all the backstabbers are pretty much gone in this universe, but, like... It's sort of like the Sept of Baylor thing for me, which was cool in the moment. But again, like beyond people conspiring against Cersei, there weren't really a whole lot of implications to that. Right. If you look at like the ripple effect of the Red Wedding in the earlier seasons compared to Cersei killing thousands of her own people, including Queen Marjorie, including f- fucking the entire Faith Militant, like... I don't know, just things like that. Or like them picking a new ruler of Westeros and the North becoming independent in one conversation tossed off with one line. Like, it's just, so, it, it's so different. It's so strange. And I know you can't spend an entire season just exploring that, but I would kind of like to, you know? Like, that's kind of the show that I'm, I'm interested in. If the show is telling me they're not interested in the White Walkers, fine. Then at least spend some time with the people. Well, I know the Night King is not a character within Martin's universe, but do, don't you think that the fucking White Walkers will play a, a little bit larger role in all of this? I think that a lot of things are going to play a larger role, like Children of the Forest. The Three-Eyed Raven in the books is terrifying. Like, he's potentially not a good guy at all. Well, um, and also, he's, like, fucking nary a mention in the first two books, right? Like, he, like the, the idea of a Three-Eyed Raven is there. We haven't personified it, and we haven't realized the implications of his knowledge and his power. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so there's like a lot going on in the books, like which is with the gods, like playing their own fucking chess game or their own Game of Thrones, like because you got the drowned god and you got, you know, Raylor and like Warlight. all these. Yeah, like all the old gods, um, the weirwood trees, like all these things that we didn't explore that we just straight up dropped in the show. And then that brings us to um, Tyrion going to talk to John, who is a prisoner. Um, and basically saying, hey, uh, you got to go to join the Night's Watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two things immediately. <laughs> <which is> like, <laughs> one, White Walkers are gone. Also, giant hole in the wall. And I realize that's East Watch, but I feel like the Night's Watch is kind of a redundant thing at this point. Right. right. Like, I, I love the idea of the wall coming down. But now you're telling me there's still a Night's Watch. 
it seems to be exclusively staffed by wildling women, children, and men. And then they all just leave as right. soon as John gets there. Yeah, like there's no authority to call him back. There's also not to be too much of a nitpicker, but like, listen, fucking Grey Worm leaves to Butterfly World. <laughs> Why did he have to go at all? Like, I just, I, that's my bigger fucking issue here is just like, bro, who's enforcing this? Like, hide him in a fucking closet. Be like, oh, yeah, we sent him to the wall. Bye. Save travels. That gone. All right. You can come out, bro. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, John, you can still be king if you want, bro. He's like, I don't want to. It's like, well, Bran is not the best choice of the two of you. Right. Um, I honestly, way. can I be honest, for a second, I was like, they're going to give us an, an 11th hour thing here with mm. Bran is now the king. Yeah. And they're going beyond the wall. And I'm like, lest we forget the first fucking scene of this whole ordeal was beyond the wall. We see those White Walkers. I would love we get like some weird Bran is the Night King shit. Right. He ain't like dead, he, dog. He, he's like his eyes rolling back in his head and then they come back. They're blue now. Dude, like that. honestly, but at this point, like, why not? Like, if you've already, you've I already fallen just off looking, the path of good writing, like, give us the yeah. fucking Michael Jackson thriller ending where he turns and around and his eyes are blue. <laughs> I really do want to reiterate, again, I'm not looking for a Sopranos or Mad Men ending where it's, like, ambiguous or, like, where you have to read into it. But I was looking for something at least somewhat surprising. Not a subversion of expectations. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about something that was at least minorly challenging. Because this show at its best and its story at its best was challenging. This is the show that killed off its main character in the first season. Right. Not because it was surprising. You understand how we got there and you rewatch it and you can retrace all those steps. But it challenges you and like what you think or what we show is or what know the story about is. Story. Exactly. I, yeah. I wanted something that would at least bring home all of or at least some of or at least a theme in this show well, that's why that the danny sense. thing pisses me off so much like it subverted your expectations I'm like no in fact it did exactly what i thought it was going to do like it, it like, that's not what fucking subverting your expectation is it's about challenging your familiarity with story and mm -hmm. not doing it in a cheaper unearned way you go yeah. back you look at the red wedding you look at that stark you're like well it was all there <laughs> like i can't mm -hmm. i can't blame them that that is one of three options every other tv show cho chooses the other two but this is yeah. a show that didn't do that shit and that's like what, what makes it so fucking egregious to me, man, which is like when I think about how wonderful the early seasons were and I don't want to be like that hipster who's just like, oh, it's bad now, but it just isn't. And I really want people who like, if you liked it, it's okay. Like what you like. I'm not, we're not trying yeah. to tell you not to like shit, but what I'm asking you to do is take an honest account and take an honest look at how, what the show was and what it is. And Dolores also showed me yeah. this fucking wonderful article that was talking about Game of Thrones used to be a sociological show. And then it mm -hmm. switched in these last two seasons to a psychological show about people reacting in the moment to the great trauma and shit like that, as opposed mm -hmm. to looking at human history and how we reacted to things. Right. Makes a lot how of sense when you think about it. The top effect, the people at the bottom, how like all these moves can create ripple effects throughout time and everything and it's like I, I to kind of like add to that i've read articles I, and i forget who wrote it or what publication it was from it might have been todd vanderwerf again i don't know um but it was just talking about how like the later seasons have become about big moments like you you mm -hmm. see those um have you ever seen those videos on youtube where it's like a bar full of people watching Game of Thrones and going, oh, shit! Oh. You know what I'm talking about? It'll show, like, clips from the episode and everything. And it became, like, as the show became more popular, it became more about appealing to kind of those sort of reactions, like giving well, you big moment, water cooler moments. You know I'm a big sports a guy. Story. 
And yeah. I'm a big sports guy, but I never wanted sports fandom to seep into Game storytelling. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, because that's what it is. Oh, we scored a touchdown. Let's celebrate. Yeah. Like, come on, man. That's not what this show was. Right. Uh, so it's a little disappointing. I mean, <clears throat> so even with that whole scene, which makes no fucking sense, Tyrion picks this. We get a little bit of an epilogue of sorts, right? We get to see mm-hmm. what happens to all the Starks. We also get to see a small council meeting. Which again is not without its charms. It's just that it's yeah. unnecessary. Well, like, um, but why is Brown there? Why is he master of coin? This is a man who has no experience with right. finance, aside from the fact that he sold his sword, and he likes hookers. And also, um, he's like back on the right side of like, yes, we'll feed the poor, which is great and admirable. But again, like, you just went and almost killed two people that you had built an actual relationship that you know are on the right side of history. Yeah. And also, you were a sellsword back in the day, but you're a fucking lord now. Like, how much more can you be bought off? I guess is my real question. And like, what was the point of him threatening Tyrion and Jamie to begin with? Like, it just feels like a weird, not betrayal of the character. Yeah, he's a sellsword and he's ruthless. I know that about him. But like, what was the point of that scene? There wasn't one. Like, it, 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 there was never any point where he like comes to try and get them or find them or anything like that. After it's just like, uh, it was just to make him Lord of Highgarden for some reason, right? And he does have a line, and it is true. He's like, yeah, all the houses were started by murderous bastards like me. So, and that's true, technically. But don't make him the fucking master of coin. That makes no sense. <laughs> no sense at all. Right, like, like, uh, well, out of that like, small, he council, doesn't know anything about fiscal responsibility. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's been pissing it away on booze and whores for years. Like, you want to make right. him the master of booze and whores? Go right ahead, but master of coin? Yeah, no, man, that'd be like Alexander Hamilton instead of being the treasury of secretary of being broad. You're like, nah, that's uh, a bad fucking idea, man. I don't man. know about that. I don't know about that call. Like Sam Tarley, yeah, sure. Like of the characters we know about, like he should be there. Like that well, and that, well, that's what I was going to ask you quickly, which is of of the remaining small council, who got what they deserved? And I honestly feel like, yeah, Sam, that was yeah earned. Uh, even Davos, Davos, Davos yeah, one hundred percent. He's he's been a good uh, fucking advisor to literally everybody. He's continued to just be Davos, Davos and around. So I was and never lost that. his morality or yeah, his principle. Um, yeah. Brienne absolutely deserves to be the leader of the the King's Guard. Um, I did think it was strange that like her last big emotional moment though was her writing Jamie's book, and I understand why that happened, but it sure. feels like they just made her emotional journey about a man instead of her. What's the test thing you always tell me about? This is how not oh, woke the, I the- am. The Bechtel test? Yeah, okay. So, again, not knowing much, but I know the rules of the Bechtel test, right? Which is yeah. just like, listen, I'm not some super – like, I'm all about feminism, but I'm also not some guy who can quote the fucking literature talking points to you. Okay? Yeah, I don't see everything through that lens, but, like, shit, some alarm bells went off. With pretty fucking bit, reductive you know? for a character. Yeah. And, again, you want to say, oh, it's pretty. Yeah, like, he got his story written. Sure, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But also it takes away from the poetry because it's like, had he – done what we all expected him to do had he had he killed cersei and again the only like the two most honorable things he would do are considered dishonorable by the history books and yeah. he would have to be known in history that like it always goes back to that scene that i really love that they sort of alluded to by the way uh in the whole sam has a song of ice and fire book yeah. that we talked about but just no, like, like Ferris, the history yeah. books will never remember but i and the people we will remember you know what i mean which is beautiful yeah. Uh, Tyrion gets omitted from the Song of Ice and Fire. Which, Same thing. I, well, let me get to that. Way, hold on, hold on. Yeah, sorry. Well, just the Jamie thing. I want to make the Jamie mm. point, which is just like 
it would be more beautiful if the only thing written about Jamie Lannister is he was the Kingslayer and subsequently the Queenslayer. But we, the people, we know. Right. Fuck, dude. And, and I was kind of expecting J- or, uh, Brienne to look at his page and then turn the page and write her own name. And I'd be like, that would have been wonderful. Because right. the last thing that he ever did was sleep with her and then leave her. Right. You know, and instead she gives him this, she gives him emotional closure. I mean, I'll just say this in in the way that good women have always done that. They have kept the memory of shittier, lesser men and made them look better. No, I mean, seriously, dude, like like, that's that's the play. Again, we'll never know what it's like to be women. I feel so fucking bad. But my point is just like that. I think that that is a, that is certainly real. And as much that that shit happens every day, but that wasn't Brienne. Brienne never needed a fucking man. She survived and, 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 and was a, fucking respected goddamn fighter and was knighted yeah. the first woman in the entire land to be knighted not because she was a fucking woman because she was that good of a person i just wish they'd never let them sleep together period well they had that scene the knighting scene is like the most romantic platonic thing that ever could have happened yeah. like sex wasn't gonna top that, that moment guys. I, I know i keep talking about Mad Men. that was like don taking peggy's hand and then and the have, sharing a meaningful look yeah. and that was it they never have to kiss or have sex or anything. Like that was and, better and than anything any that, that could or would have happened would have just ruined Cheapened that fucking it. moment, man. Exactly. Like, so again, we're talking about the big leagues and we're talking mm-hmm. about Game of Thrones. <laughs> so it is, it is what it yeah. is, man, I yeah. guess. But like, yeah, I agree with you. Like the Brienne thing is sweet in theory until you think about it for more than two seconds and you're like, well, that's kind of fucked up, man. Yeah, so I didn't she deserved better. She yeah. really did. Um, but yeah, so so moving on, we do get all these shots of like, you know, the Arya taking needle and Sansa lacing up her corset or whatever it is, putting on her dress and like yeah. going to meet and getting the crown on her head. And everybody's like the queen in the north, the queen in the north, which is fine. She just made herself queen. I just kind of realized that she just did a power grab. It's like when Michael Jackson called himself the king of pop. No one called him the king of pop. He just named him. He gave himself a right. crown and said he was the king of pop. And no one said anything. This is how fucking <laughs> dictators happen, man. Right? Sansa's just like, I guess I'm queen. No one said anything. Yeah. I'm queen now. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, Robin showing up. I did not recognize that dude at all for a full on like two minutes. Really? Oh, my yeah. God. And I was like, oh, is that Rob? That dude's the fuck? fuck ugly. You'd never forget that guy. You know what I mean? I know he was a kid in the beginning of this, but he was a fuck ugly kid too. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> Second title, a little Dinklage dick and a fuck ugly kid. Anyway. Um, but yeah, dude. So, so, I mean, again, we're wrapping it up and we see Arya's on a boat and we saw Sansa be crowned. And we see John be on the wall and we see him and yeah, Tormund have a Even moment. though there's the wildlings are no longer a threat and the <laughs> Night King is gone and the White Walkers are gone as well. But no, he's banished to the north to get him. Well, out of I mean, the story. again, stupid. But uh, does it work for John? Yeah, I mean, I want to point out. Well, also, because you like, talk about white privilege for a second. This motherfucker murdered the the leader of the free world and then got his desired fucking like vacation. Right. You know what I mean? Because Tormund even says like, "You got the north in you," and then I'm like, "Okay, he's gonna end up back north." Great, right. and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, well, but he gets to hang out with Tormund, I guess. He gets the pet ghost, and, he gets and to he's that to no one. Is he the commander of the Night's Watch, which is manned by those two guys that escorted him there? Apparently, no. I think he. I think honestly, I think he's just like the man's radar of uh fucking. Oh, is he world. like the leader of the free folk? I do. I think. I think that's supposed to be his ending. Is he I gonna think find he's... another egret? I hope not. 
<laughs> can I also just say this quickly? Like the other reason, and then we've reached pretty much the end of the episode, and then we can talk about legacy and we can wrap it up. But the other thing that I didn't like, and I said this on my other review, which is just like I never bought Danny and John. I yeah. never in, in as much that like and, the same amount of time spent between Egret and John, I fucking felt it and I knew Yeah, they actually had chemistry was right. part of it and uh those t- amelia clark and kid harrington have can't be that good on. looking i mean when you're that good looking two people like you're not gonna yeah. have anything in common <laughs> like, you're gonna look <laughs> good in pictures together that's it man <laughs> right yeah and it's just it never worked i never bought that emotional connection either um right well i mean here we are basically i mean the, the episode ends with john going beyond the wall not beholden to anyone gray worms off in butterfly world like i said and uh mm-hmm. like Getting no one his, can enforce his skin it's just falling off left yeah, and right yeah. probably <laughs> he's enjoying his fucking ending uh i assume uh, but 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 you know that's how it ends and again like i said earlier i feel like what's weird about it i, is I just the- love and can i just say like gray worm is literally a, a roving oh sorry no, go ahead. Up go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, Grey Worm and the Unsullied are just a roving military power, like one of the biggest military powers in the world, beholden to no one going off to Butterfly Land, right. which not also, by the way, is like completely pacifist nation, um, <laughs> full of just completely passive people. And now, like, these 8,000 foreign invaders with spears are just gonna go there no that's their twilight zone bro because they're so submissive and pacifist they get no joy out of killing these fucking people so they're like god damn it (laughs) like i'm spending to an eternity of killing people who will never fight back they'll never give me a challenge or anything like that but like the larger point is the episode ends with Jon snow going beyond the wall like that's the end of game of thrones like i want to point out independent north sansa takes over a Stark is running the other six kingdoms. Arya's fucking off in the west somewhere, and John's in the north. The Starks come out ahead here, man. I'm gonna be real with you. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it doesn't feel right or whatever. I guess these are logical ending points for people after they had made them irrelevant to begin with. But it's just it's just a show that like there was nothing that surprised me or even remotely moved me in the in the final hour, maybe fifty minutes of the show. Yeah, I just kind of felt empty on it and just kind of hollow because again it just felt like checking off boxes yeah so 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 what is the legacy of the show is i told someone someone was like all right so i'm gonna cancel my hbo subscription is there anything i should watch before it gets before i cancel it and i'm like don't uh yeah i'm just like i like i say this with no irony at one point i thought game of thrones could have been a top five show it's not even a top 15 hbo show (laughs) like like go watch some shit man like they're i mean other than the heavy hitters right other than Mm -hmm. sopranos and wire and deadwood and six feet under i mean that's like the four biggies there are so many other great wonderful little small prestige shows that they've had in their tenure and i'm like why would you ever life and times of tim tales from the crypt nailed it (laughs) etc keep going (laughs) john from cincinnati Uh, john from cincinnati but but, that's my larger point i mean it's just like it's not you know hbo has has a legacy of quality and at one point there was no bigger show on tv i mean listen we lived in a really weird amazing time where Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and Game of Thrones were all on TV at the same time, dude. Like, yeah. which, which is amazing to even think it's about. <laughs> like, yeah. like that there was never a time on a Sunday in the year where we didn't have one of those fucking and shows to watch. Fucking embarrassment of riches. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so it ends where it ends. And again, so I ask you, you told me no way does the ending fuck with the beginning of the show for you. And I believe that. And I, I'm not fully sold on that either. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do think that 
it's not a it's not a, a far cry to say like yo this could have been one of the greatest of all time it's so far removed from any top 10 list of mine at this point well um, again much like danny's uh cognitive dissonance with burning king's landing and thinking that she's liberating them like i can i can make the cognitive leap to say well the first four seasons is a different show and the first four seasons of Game of Thrones is a top five HBO show. Right. That the first is, four seasons that, are all that is in the, in the conversation. Yeah. And then five through eight are Archie Bunker's place. It's like, well, that's a different show, right? It's like Golden Girls exactly. at the Golden Palace, man. It's like there's gonna be a fucking fall from yeah, place here. It's like Friends and then Joey, you know? It's <laughs> sorry, I'm using fifty year old references. You're like, let's give them something the kids know. <laughs> Everybody remembers Joey, right? <laughs> Um, but no, uh, the first four seasons, uh, still up there and the first four seasons aren't without their faults. Like I remember having problems with them when they were airing, but in comparison to what we have now, uh, <laughs> they look, uh, like a goddamn masterpiece. Um, there's a reason that, you know, I invested a lot of time and energy in this show and it's because it was worth it for a while. Um, well, now, here's, so my next question is in the pantheon of finales, where does this land you know what i mean because i mean i, I know you were like this is what i try to explain to people for dexter i'm just like y'all acting like dexter was a good show beyond like season four or something <laughs> like which it wasn't uh yeah. so that was kind of like we were spinning the wheels for a while and then it ended really badly but it ended you know what i mean mm -hmm. that's not the same thing it's like you know put a gun to my head maybe we're too close to it again the paint's drying as i say so it's like but i the episode itself on a on on a on a like well they had to wrap it up their way considering they had fucked it up in the previous five episodes i guess it's fine but it's a really bad finale man all it's a bad conclusion and it's not the show that we all thought we were watching i don't think it had a chance of being a good finale just given what what it was or what was propping it up if it had been propped up by context it could have maybe worked except right. for you know like the movements in the last 30 minutes of it especially with that weird dragon pit scene where so many consequential things happen in one conversation. Um, but no, like with context, like if, if they had made us believe in the Danny and John romance, like there would have been an air of tragedy. You wouldn't have been laughing during that scene. I would hope I, I they so framed hard. it a little better. <laughs> yeah. Like it would have worked, but like, instead you're just watching John crying over a woman you never believed that he loved because they never sold you on it. Right. Um, I was going to say, I believed she loved him more than he loved her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'll give her credit in that regard where I'm like, I sort of believe that she loved Jon Snow. I mean, she said it a lot, so why don't I believe her? <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I just never believed it with Kit Harrington, man. Yeah. I, I don't have much Boy, more sorry. than that. It just, it just really settled in like we're at the end. <laughs> We're at the end. We're finally done talking about this show. Is there like a feeling? Has has that sunk in yet? Like, is there a feeling of relief for you, dude? Again, you get to move on with your life. HBO said that they only moved ahead with one prequel or whatever, with one new with series. Naomi Watts. Yeah, but fucking Martin came out and like, psych, motherfuckers, three. We got three in production, and I'm just like. I, something tells me we're not done. I like. I think we're gonna get a prequel. I think we'll get a fucking weird spinoff, dude. I think we'll get. I'm telling yeah. you right now. Like if Maisie Williams, she's still like what 21, 22. Like take that money. Like sign up. Like, do this until you're thirty. You're still Adventures 30. of <laughs> Arya. Yeah, dude, seriously, because people would watch it. That's the fucked up thing. But also, like I just think that <clears throat> I think the problem, like the best, the gift and the curse of this show is that it had incredible source material to work from. And then when it didn't have that source material anymore, it kind of fell apart. 
I, I could see a version of this story where they didn't have to be beholden to guessing to what was happening. You know, something was so specifically yeah. in the, in Martin's voice. I, I did this prequel. I actually have a lot of faith in. I like I like the writer who's doing it. Uh, I believe that Martin is also helping out, which is just like okay, I can believe that that removed and unencumbered by mythology could be very interesting. And so yeah. the, the sad truth is this: like we're done, but we're not really done. <laughs> like, yeah. We're going to be back so, in this there's fucking so world much, soon. There's so much history that you could explore in this show. And there's right. so many avenues you could take. And I'm not down on the idea of it. But for now, for right now in this moment in my life, I'm so goddamn relieved. I can breathe again. I can talk right. about things I actually want to talk about. Like I know you haven't seen the finale for Barry yet. Right. Um, but I just want to give a quick shout out to that show, which was air, which was airing in concert with Game of Thrones, like right after Game of Thrones, Barry was on. Um, We've been talking about this it, for the last few weeks, dude. Like this is what made Game of Thrones specifically so bad was that Barry is so fucking wonderful. Right yeah, afterwards. this is a half hour drama comedy um, starring and written and sometimes directed by Bill Hader and Alec. Berg, Alex Berg or Alec, Alec Berg? Alec Berg. Alec from Berg. Silicon Valley. Um, from Silicon Valley. And it's it's wonderful. It's basically like the heir apparent to Breaking Bad. Um in, in I've made that way. I've made that comparison a bunch, man. And, yeah, and you um, know, I don't wanna I don't wanna suck Barry's dick too much. It is wonderful. Please go watch it. You know, but that's a show that's gonna keep going. And I kinda wanna end us with this, if if you don't mind. Which is to say that every great, 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 great show they kind of left you wanting more. The tragedy, not necessarily wanting more, you can accept that the end is coming, but the tragedy of it is like, you don't want this to end because you love the characters, but you also realize that the ending is what gives the story meaning to begin with. Right? Yeah. It is not a good sign that you and I are like, oh my God, thanks for the mercy kill. <laughs> like, we're so right. fucking glad to be done with it because I think about every fucking show, Six Feet Under fucking fell apart before the finale. I mean, you have to know that the last two seasons are not as good as the first couple, but that finale is so wonderful that people kind of forget that it yeah, wasn't as great. How we all, terribly plotted it was, right. yeah. And, we, and um, we all just kind of fell in love with it. And my point is, again, is just like every fucking Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Sopranos, The Wire, I didn't want them to end and I was sad. And this one, I'm yeah. like, holy shit. And they, they all give you something to think about uh, as they're ending. But with right. this, there's nothing to think about. There's mm -hmm. nothing uh, in that ending note where you're like, oh, wow, like, and you're just thinking about it for days afterwards. You're more just confused. You're, you're confused about the state of things. Like, why is there still a Night's Watch? Where's John going and what is he doing? What does that mean for me emotionally? Like, why did that happen? Why is Arya suddenly a sailor now? Like, all these questions that aren't coming from a place of wonder, they're coming from a place of confusion because it wasn't plotted well enough. And the fact that we're feeling that way about this show like thank god it's over i think is a direct consequence of the fact that the writers felt that way too they were just trying to get it over with and it really shows yeah if I mean, the game writers it. can't be invested like we're more invested in this show than i feel the writers were and that's kind of a fucking problem <laughs> and they fucking wrote it like you know yeah. they took a couple minutes at least to write it <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and like know, credit is due like the production team the actors like ev everything that went into making these episodes have you seen the behind the scenes thing like, well, I know so that's be what like i was going to tell you yeah like, so maybe not ended on what i said but like i saw their dude that the, the long night or whatever the documentary mm -hmm. they're doing and i'm like that's going to break my heart a lot to see how much yeah. effort and work and 
joy and there pride when I think it was that. David Nutter saying like, yeah, this show saved my life and yeah. like the, the amount of work that went into this and the production ladies saying like, yeah, we've spent hundreds of man hours building these sets and like they built 17 blocks of King's Landing to film the bells, a shitty episode. And it's like just the fact that this much labor and blood, sweat and tears went into making a mediocre product is really sad too. Well, that's what I've said about all TV. It's like the worst pilot you've ever seen. Someone spent so much fucking like blood, sweat and tears making that thing. Yeah. And it's, it's sad, but it's also like, that's what makes art beautiful. And that's what mm-hmm. makes you appreciate the stuff that is not only like competent, but exceptional. Um, yeah. I'm sad to say Game of Thrones doesn't quite land in that pantheon, but you know what? Ask me again in 10 years, Max, because I think that that's what they're hoping. They're the George W. Bush of HBO dramas. They're hoping history is going to be kind to them. You miss me now? (laughs) Well, whatever whatever the Trump Game of Thrones analog will be, maybe we will. Maybe we'll be like, God damn it. Remember when Game of Thrones was on? Uh, So we'll only remember the good stuff and uh, forget the bad, but... Look with that, man. I think I think I think we've done it. Do you have any final words? Do you want to eulogize the show any more than we have so far before we wrap it up? I think it's you know it's been in the ground long enough, um, and I'm glad to be rid of it. <laughs> um, I'm Dig glad up. that no, I'm grateful for this show. I'm grateful that it existed. I'm grateful that for at least four to four and a half seasons, <laughs> they they did justice to the source material. And they brought that source material to life. They brought that source material to my attention. It's not something I ever would have read if the show hadn't happened. Right. Um, and like, it also brought an appreciation for me to like just the genre of fantasy, which is something I've never, that's something I've been allergic to until now. Mm-hmm. So like the idea that like, you want to talk about legacy, like Game of Thrones is known for being the show or the story that kind of brought people around to the idea of fantasy in general. Because it was a subversion of all those tropes. It made it less corny or dorky or ridiculous. Um, It grounded it in something real. Um, Also, the legacy might be a Jaws scenario where something wonderful is moving TV to an ugly spectacle-based situation where it's just blockbuster entertainment now. I don't know. We'll have to see 10 years from now how this show affects or impacts television as a whole. I think um, that the one solace we, we can have there is that films are by and large a director's medium, but TV mm-hmm. has always been about the writer. And yeah. so I think we can hold out a little bit of hope, man, because I, if it all becomes spectacle driven TV, we're in a bad fucking shape. But I look at the people making TV shows now and I'm like, I think we're going to be okay, man, because they get yeah. it. So like, let's, I don't want to, you got me all depressed. I just want to give us a little levity before we jump off here. Um, yeah, my last words, if I can, which is just like, yeah, dude, this is a show that I'll never forget the initial ride. I mm-hmm. think that there are wonderful moments. Again, I don't think there was ever a second where the show stopped being well-made or well-directed. Sure. Uh, I, I think it's just unfortunate that the writing wasn't there. I, I think it's unfortunate that people who obviously loved the story seemingly also fell out of love with the story and mm-hmm. didn't want to do right by it. Um, but yeah, like I think historical context is everything. And I'm really curious to see where it is. I honestly, I don't think the legacy of Game of Thrones is written, not the way that we think it is. And I think that this will be something that maybe people revisit later on and they're kinder about for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Water <laughs> bottles and Star- Starbucks cop- uh, coffee cups aside, you know what I'm saying? Right. So we'll see. Um, emotional man, I, I always do this thing. I'm stupid and I, you know, maybe I can end it on this, but it's just like I've always measured time 
and TV shows and seasons. And like, that was an era of my life. Yeah. I remember when the office ended, I was really kind of like, well, the office started my first year of high school and now it's out as I'm like in my second year of college. It was a real transitional moment for me. And it's like, again, it's crazy. I turned 21 yeah. when the show came out. And this now show was 30. our 20s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a big deal. And yeah. so I think about that all the time. It's a historical context kind of thing. And like, I'll always appreciate this show, dude. I'm curious to revisit it in a year. Maybe we can make that pack now. We'll revisit the show in proper uh, in a year and we can see how we feel about it. But yeah, um, I'm definitely done. With that, man, look, I, I think we actually kind of got to get to the movie side of our title coming up. So yeah. we actually have a lot of cool fucking movie episodic reviews that we want to do for you. We're pairing a couple films. Me and Max, this is actually why we started this podcast is because we wanted to talk about film like this. Um, not, not that we don't love TV, not that we won't tackle more TV down the line. But I'm definitely excited to at least get a couple months of just fucking film analysis, bro. Right. And and also to mention, like, you already host a television-based podcast, so I don't right. want to make you continue talking about TV on this one, too. Yeah. Uh, we're called Movies and Shit, um, at least for the time being. We may change <laughs> we'll that name later. Out, I don't know. We haven't figured it out yet. Um, but we're gonna, we've are gonna. we got a lot of stuff, uh, cool stuff, I think, coming around the pike. Um, it might not all be movies. Um, some of it might be television, too. Some of it might be albums or books or comics or whatever, like whatever we want to talk about. But I'm really, really excited going forward to be doing things that aren't Game of Thrones. Yeah, this is uh, seriously like the most fulfilling podcast. I adore Where's My Burrito, which everyone should go listen to. Uh, but mm -hmm. that that is like, the, if there was sub-zero effort or, per, or preparation, <laughs> that's what that would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is something where we get to kind of like, you know, scratch that part of our brain a little bit, which is great. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say thank you to everyone's listening. I know we have a lot more new listeners because of Game of Thrones. I hope you stick with us past Game of Thrones. But seriously, yeah. thank you. It's been amazing. And we will be back next week with something. Yeah, see you guys.